Alrighty, guys, and we are back. This is episode number two of Drop Kicking It. This is a pro wrestling story time as told by a former professional wrestler and current pro wrestling fanatic. Hope everyone enjoyed this fantastic WrestleMania 35 weekend. I certainly know that I did. There was a lot of good stuff going on. I think, you know, starting things off Friday night with TakeOver, another fantastic knock-it-out-of-the-park show, moving on to Hall of Fame, a little bit of drama there that kept me entertained throughout the entire weekend, actually, uh, moving on to WrestleMania itself, just a fantastic weekend. I love even seeing the WrestleMania Axis, um... Let's call it Axis. I believe it's Axis, but uh, I'm just gonna call it Axis. You know why? Because I, I've, I don't know if this happens to you guys, but I get hiccups pretty um, frequently, and I, I've had hiccups probably four or five times today, and I feel like it messes up my vocab, and I forget. It's almost like I maybe had a stroke or something. Um, I'm not sure, but. Regardless, um, we were talking about WrestleMania. Um, Again, this show was fantastic. The whole weekend was fantastic, and we certainly will get into that down the line. Um, We're going to kick things off with our traditional format that you guys have no idea about because this is episode two, but it certainly is traditional in my head. But even before that, while we're on the topic of WrestleMania, I actually was in attendance at WrestleMania 31. It was my first live WrestleMania, um, coming to Santa Clara, California at Levi Stadium. It was really kind of an interesting one. The show was, was not bad at all, but as, as we all know, it very bizarre, um, during, during the day in an open stadium like that really took away the mystique of the undertaker and sting and those entrances where you really need it to be dark, honestly, and you need arena effects. But other than that, that was the infamous Seth Rollins uh, run in WrestleMania, cashing in money in the bank. So that was pretty exciting. And, you know, I actually missed a lot of the WrestleMania um, access stuff. And I, that's part of my favorite stuff, even from this week. And I love watching all the social media stuff. There's a lot of really cool wrestling figure reveals from Mattel, which, which is always cool to see. Um, but at, at WrestleMania 31, I actually missed a lot of that stuff. It was kind of a weird time for me. But uh, one cool story is that the hotel I was staying at, Al Snow was actually staying there, and I had not seen or heard from Al Snow in a very long time. I believe, aside from his last uh, WWE run, there was something going on where he maybe was at an ROH show and, and acting weird, or I, you know, I can't remember, but... I walked down to the hotel to get breakfast uh, the morning of Hall of Fame, which would have been, I guess, Saturday morning. And uh, lo and behold, there's a lot of local guys, and then Al Snow, pretty pretty cool. He was jacked, man, and I know he still is, but that was my first time seeing him, all juiced up, juiced to the gills, and uh, so that was pretty cool for me. I was a really big Al Snow fan. Really, I was a tough enough fan before I was an Al Snow fan, and um, that first season of Tough Enough, I still watch it on occasion, just when I have some free time. Huge, huge Maven, Maven guy, um, and uh, love watching Al Snow. And then that kind of got me into his his ECW stuff, and then the Job Squad stuff in the 
uh, WWF in the 90s, um, well, late 90s. And then I even go back to the Leaf Cassidy days, but I'm going on a tangent now. Gonna kind of keep it to keep it where we are. That'll happen. Um, that's that ADD stuff we talked about in the first episode coming out in full effect. Anyway, like I stated earlier, we will get into the WrestleMania talks here pretty soon. We'll recap it. I'll give you my thoughts. But before that, let's do what the purpose of this podcast was, and that's to talk about um, some stories from my wrestling career. And I think. It, it would make sense to start with my first match, but there's really not a whole lot to tell there. I think it was one of those things where I kind of just got thrown out there. I was wearing a, a tank top from this company, Electric Zombie, that I'm not sure if they're still around, but they used to make band tees. Um, and uh, they, you know, I, or the, the owner, I guess, or the creator always showed an affinity towards um, wrestling as well. So I always loved that company. And then, um, so, <laughs> yes, I wore that, and I had some tights from elucha.com, which, if you were a backyarder, elucha was your uh, place to go, man. They had, like, replica tights from, like, CM Punk and replica kick pad covers and stuff like that, uh, and a lot of replica sort of tights um, from uh, Mexican wrestlers and Lucha Libre, but... They were fully functional, so uh, it was just easy to get them, and I, I wore a pair of those and a pair of high spots, just plain black kick pads, and you know it was pretty much the easiest match I probably would have ever had. There was um, probably a seven to nine people there, and it was myself and another strapping young lad um, who was friends with myself and, and my other friends out there. Um, and we worked, my best friend who I talked about last time, Mike, and my other best friend, Zach, who actually went through wrestling school with us as well. He may be self-admittedly not the most athletic person and a little bit on the smaller side, but um, he has more charisma than pretty much anybody I know. So it kind of made sense that he would he would take the plunge with us, um, also being a lifelong wrestling fan. So just kind of got to wrestle my friends, and it was almost like a backyard match in front of some, some southern folks missing some teeth. So uh, I guess it could have been worse. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Super weird coming out for the first time and really like being in front of a, an audience and, and just did a bunch of tornado kicks and super kicks and tried to do some cool shit and, and didn't uh, really <laughs> wasn't good at all. It was on tape and it does live somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where, but it was about nine to, to 10 minutes or so, and then it wasn't great. So there's not a whole lot to tell there. Um, really, I think where I would love to kick things off is my first experience wrestling somebody who wasn't my friend. Um, that was really tough for me. I was young, 19. And, you know, my first probably four to five matches or so, I've been doing that a lot, I just noticed. Four to five, nine to ten, whatever. Uh, so um, my, my first few matches were were with my friends and so it, i was very comfortable and even if they weren't with my friends like all the way around um my tag it was a lot of tag team stuff and so like my tag team partner would be maybe not my friend but i would still be working with my friends on the opposite end of things so 
not only is that very comfortable, it also doesn't really help you grow in any way because you just kind of, we're both, we're all just as good as each other. So the if the match stinks, it's just going to stink and nobody can really save it. But, you know, um, being 19, it's, it is what it is. And being in a locker room, um, full of guys who never made it, um, who man, you know, anywhere from 30 to 50 to 60 years old, maybe, um, it was tough, man. There was a lot of drug use and a lot of just dudes drinking and smoking back there, which I just wasn't accustomed to. Like, I'd been around it. I've been to high school. But this was kind of a weird situation, seeing um, grown men just being grown men, man. Um, so <laughs> the first the first time I worked someone that, that wasn't my friend, uh, I guess I should set, set the stage a little. So... The USWO was the territory or the the company. Um, it was run by Tony Falk. It, it's been around for for a minute. So he would run Saturday shows and sometimes Sunday. And then on Friday night, it would be called ATL, um, it w- which was run by some super creepy dude. I can't remember his name escapes me, and I wish I would have done a little more homework. But his name is Bill something, I believe. Anyway, he was this creepy old dude who just was creepy at all times. Anytime there was young boys, especially my friend Mike, I was, mind you, I was a chubby kid in a singlet at this point, and you know, Mike was like a young, skinny, good-looking kid wearing trunks, and he got some side eyes from 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 old Bill. Uh, it, it was really kind of just a creepy situation, but you know, at nineteen, like I don't care. Like I just wanted to wrestle and have a good time and whatever, man. So we're in that stinky, disgusting locker room in that gross, dingy hotel with the prostitutes outside and drug dealers, and uh, you know, it was it was a it was a halfway decent crowd. This was on a Saturday night, so you know, no creepy old man there. Just. Uh, just good old Tony and his his kid LT, who really was the booker, who who did the majority of the training for us. Um, and uh, there's probably 20 people in the crowd, a collective of about 20 teeth as well. Um, and what they did is they wanted... There wasn't a ton of talent, honestly. So they... And in, in, in Saturday was the B show, basically. Um, so a lot of guys worked both shows, but some guys just work Saturdays. A lot of times, when you were first coming up in that in that company, that's that's where you would that's where you would work, and um, it, that's it was what it was. So you know, this is my probably f- fifth match or so, and uh, there's a guy who's just a real real grungy dude. Um, he wore <laughs> uh, there used to be a webpage called Trash Bag Wrestlers, and he was the personification of that. Um, his name was Marvin Saint Martian, believe it or not. They used they they eventually shortened it just to Saint, but he had a Marvin Saint Martian Looney Tunes tattoo. He wore bright green like trash bag pants, those like pleather pants with bright like blue kick pads, and and a Martian uh, Marvin Saint Martian. Uh, t-shirt as well and he was just a scrungy dude acted like I he was I don't know how to how to put it like he was very quiet um and just kind of like gave off he was a standoffish and you know I don't know he wasn't great and that's why he was there and uh 
they needed someone just to open the show. And so rather than have myself, who was heel at the time, work another heel, they put me under a, a hood, as they say in the biz, which is literally just a mask. Um, and they had some pre-created characters that they would put guys under masks and call them other names. Like LT used to wrestle as um, the convict, and he would wear an orange jumpsuit and a black mask. And on this night, um, I had graduated from my tank top and tights to a zebra stripe singlet. Uh, and so I popped the old tank top and, and tights back on and put the mask on and I had transformed into gravity. Um, now mind you, uh, at this point I'm still getting comfortable, um, afraid to jump off the top rope. So gravity didn't really, um, fit, I guess. Uh, but it was what it was. So I, 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 I get in the ring for the first time with him and, and, you know, before the match we're going over stuff and he's just being a dick because I'm just a kid and he's a, he's a grown man who's, who's wrestled for a while. It's not that he was any good or anything. Um, but you know, he was smoking a cigarette talking to me about, you know, how, how we were going to do things. And it was his thing, man. That's totally, that's the way it is. So I'm just listening and, and agreeing. And, um, we come up with a finish and it's a short, it's like a five minute spot to open the show. And, you know, we go out there, and uh, I'm already just nervous just because this is the first time. First off, this dude's gross looking, and so, like, I'm just kind of being a pretty Madonna, and I'm like, man, this is going to be nasty. Uh, on top of that, like, I don't know him, so I'm just uncomfortable. Um, I don't know if he's safe. I know that, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I'm putting my life in this person's hands, which is such a bizarre thing to do if you think about it, and it would just it sat kind of oddly with me. Um, but that's, that's what I signed up to do, man. So I went out there as gravity got a, the crowd went mild. <laughs> they, there was zero reaction. No idea, obviously who this person is. Um, you know, if, if they had ever seen me before, they would know I had a pretty distinguishable kanji, like Japanese tattoo on my arm, on my right arm. So it's like, you know, it's could still see that. Uh, but we go out there, we do a little something, something, and you know, it, it felt fine from what I remember. I feel like it was, you know, it's very a basic Southern type match, which is, it's an easy thing to do. Um, it's, it's a lot of just kind of rest holds and very basic maneuvers and generally ends with some, some kind of roll up or, or, or schoolboy type pin or whatever. So, we go out, he does some stuff, like, you know, he pulls my shirt over my head and chops the shit out of me, which, you know, looking back, I wish I would have just chopped him back, and when you don't do that, um, and you're in a situation like that, that person just knows they can take advantage of you, and um, I think there just is a point, because he, you know, he was working a little stiff with me, and that's okay, like, it is what it is, um, but, you know, he took advantage a little bit, which is to be expected, and it wasn't too bad. The issue is, and this is where the the real problem lied, is that this individual, um, there's absolutely no way on in hell, on any planet, in any universe, that he had had any sort of martial arts training, but he definitely fancied himself uh, some kind of kicking expert, and the majority of his offense were kicks. Now, they all, not all of them looked bad, and the reason they didn't look bad is because... He would just kick the shit out of you. Um, not, you know, he, he wouldn't throw things that looked good. He would just kick you. And so it sounded good because it was like your skull or your body slamming against his kick pad. 
didn't feel great. I ate a couple of them. I remember, uh, one, you know, specifically, um, kind of the critical point of that match is we were more than halfway through. Um, he's doing the thing where my shirt's over my head. He's chopping me in the corner. Maybe he does, I don't know. He rakes my eyes or, or something. I don't know. Uh, and then he backs up and I'm on all fours and he kicks me in the ribs. Um, didn't feel great. Knocked the wind out of me. So he kicks me again in the ribs after that very, very, very hard. And, uh, so I, as, as one would do, (laughs) I, I put my arms, uh, like in a position to cover my ribs. And so he notices that before he pulls back for the third kick. So instead of my ribs, he essentially just punts me in my head. Um, it was up to that point. I'd been in some fights in high school and been punched in the head maybe, but it was to that point, the absolute hardest I had ever been hit in my entire life. Um, it was just a full force punt kick. It was really to like my mouth. And I just remember the feeling of feeling like I had braces, if that makes sense, which I didn't, but it was really my lips like getting smashed into my teeth. Um, I, my ears instantly started ringing. I heard nothing but ringing. I saw, I had like tunnel vision. Um, and I kind of just fell back and was kind of dizzy and and I really truthfully don't remember too much of what happened. Um, The next thing that I remember that happened is the finish was supposed to be uh, I go for a sunset flip and he sits down on it and, you know, grabs my legs and pins me one, two, three, gets a quick win. And the next thing I remember is getting clotheslined and taking a really shitty bump and he was like, God damn it sunset or something, you know, for the finish. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So I do that. Go back, take my mask or yeah, my mask off. And there's just blood everywhere. Um, and you know, like I'm young and, uh, I don't know. I just have a, a feeling like, or, or an idea that he's going to be like, Oh, Hey brother, like good shot or sorry, my bad or something. No, literally nothing. Um, essentially just saw my gigantic fat lips, um, all bloody, uh, and you know, probably had a concussion, but, um, who knows? And, uh, so from that point on, as you can imagine, I hated that person's guts and I never wanted to work with him again. Um, but as fate would have it, um, we're going to flash forward because I don't quite remember the chain of events, but essentially they tag me and Mikey up. Finally, they make me a baby face and we got locked into a feud with two of these older gentlemen. Uh, and one of them happens to be Marvin St. Martian. Would you, would you look at that? And his tag team partner was, um, a guy who, you know, maybe this is a disrespectful, but you know, whatever, man, uh, named, Tim Ernesto, he had been, looks like maybe he was 150 years old. Probably had only been wrestling about 15 to 20 years. Literally dressed like a discount Matt Hardy. Looked like one. He kind of looked like the guy from um, Hey Arnold who wore the the beanie. And he would say things like, Arnold, take these berries. And I want you to imagine that voice. And that's what he looked like. Okay, so that's him. And uh, his big thing was, 
hey, I can't take any bumps, which means that he can't wrestle a match. So being 19 years old, having very limited wrestling experience, and the wrestling experience that I do have is a lot of just move-based, and this guy is telling me he literally can't take a move, um, very confusing. So we had some shitty matches where they really tried to take advantage of of us, both of us, and, and hit us really hard, and, you know... <sighs> It, it was to the point, it just wasn't even fun. Um, obviously, we were on the losing end all the time, and that, that doesn't really matter. What mattered is, you know, they would call a spot, and I would do the spot, and if it wasn't to their liking, which, you know, I'm, man, I've had 10 to 15 matches at this point, uh, they would just kick me in the head or pull my hair and punch me in the head or whatever, and, like, I never complained about it, but looking back, those dudes are just assholes, honestly, and uh, it's just... It's a, it's one of those things where like, if I can give any advice to young guys coming up, like you got to eat some of that for sure, but you don't have to eat a lot of that. Um, there comes a point where it's disrespect and it's not about paying your dues or whatever people say. Like it's, it's just someone taking advantage of you and you just can't let that happen or it'll just happen forever. So, um, this, this, this whole thing ended up boiling down to, um, you know, just every, it seemed like every damn match, this, these guys would just, I mean, Tim Ernesto basically had the power of a 11 year old girl, maybe. So when he tried to punch me in the head or, or stomp my head or whatever, it didn't really feel like much, but you know, Saint, that guy, he, man, he would, he was no mercy, man. He'd kick the shit out of you. Um, cause he could. So I recall a specific match where we had just had enough and we had talked to LT who was booking because, you know, we used to drive around with him. We we drove to Memphis with him and worked for yeah, superstar Bill Dundee, uh, which I'll, I'll definitely get into one of those stories soon. And so on and so forth. So we were pretty close with him and we had let him know, man, like it's just to the point where it's just bullshit and, and it's probably wasn't cool of us. I guess, uh, which, you know, fuck it, man. Like I don't, I want to go in there and work stiff, uh, when it makes sense, but I don't want someone to take advantage of me because that's, that's, you know, it's just unsafe. Like he, like someone's gonna get hurt. Like I already got my head kicked off almost, um, which was on purpose for sure because it just wasn't to his liking. And, and, and just to tie back to that other story where I got kicked in, in my mouth, he did actually say one thing to me that I'm recalling now is he said, um, when you're down on all fours like that, you got to keep your body open for me to kick. So I'm like, well, this is wrestling. This is pro wrestling. You're not supposed to actually break my ribs. Um, so I apologize for not wanting my ribs broken. Anyway, uh, digressing from that. So it ended up boiling down where, um, you know, we saw him fewer and fewer because we started getting booked places because we were young and we started getting okay at what we were doing and getting more popular and people were taking notice and, you know, people like that just kind of stay where they are. He wrestles, he wrestled once a week and just, you know, that was all he needed and that's fine. But, uh, he, uh, we had a tag match with those two guys again uh, and it it may have actually swapped out one of the guys for someone else at this point. I can't remember. Either way, that's, you know, the Looney Tunes Marvin St. Martian guy was there. And uh, I, I don't remember the full course, but I remember, you know, I was getting way more confident with myself, not only as a wrestler, but as a person and in that company. Because we'd worked a lot and the fans were starting to take notice, like I said. So 
we uh this is probably months and months later but we're in, we're in the ring with him. I remember the match sucked because they sucked and we weren't great either. And it just, whatever, was what it was. But um, Martian guy calls us, calls a uh, a spot, calls like a crossbody or something. Um, and I think, so Mike's thinking, okay, you're going to give me a crossbody. And so Mike shoots him in like for a cross, like so Saint can do a crossbody. And he just doesn't do it. So Mikey's confused. So Saint, you know, fucking punches him in the head or kicks him in the... Does something stupid to him. Calls it again. Um, which is whatever. And then he gets it. He does it kind of a, a weird, like, shitty version of a crossbody. And again, that's not to his liking. And I think he... I can't remember. He maybe kicked him in the side of the head. Or, like, he did something, like, pretty shitty that made me really upset. And it pissed me off. And so after that was the hot tag. And when I came in, uh, I kicked him in his head. Like I ran in for like the hot tag where you do like, you know, clothesline, clothesline. And I maybe, you know, threw a forearm to the other guy. And I ran at him as fast as I could and jumped in the air and gave him like a, uh, like a Roderick Strong style sick kick, like in his face, absolutely as hard as I could. Uh, and I think I may have even missed a little bit, which, you know, points to my athleticism there, but I did, you know, fired that off at him later. He kind of gets up and I remember drop kicking him maybe. And again, it was like a front drop kick while he was maybe like on his knee or something like that. Like as hard as I could, like in his back or in something like that. Right. And I felt good about it. And surprisingly enough, the rest of the match was pretty light. <laughs> um, and I remember getting to the back and just being like, yeah, man, that was what it was. And uh, I remember his words saying, you know, trying to badmouth Mike and saying like, well, I'm a heel. Like, if I called a crossbody, why would you think I'm doing the crossbody? Like, as if it like that would never happen. And, you know, it's one of those things. It's, just, it's the South. I guess a heel would never do a crossbody in the South. But uh, I remember him talking to me and saying... Uh, Hey man, when you come in for the hot tag, you don't need to be doing all those drop kicks because you know you got like lead in your ass or something. One of them hit me in the head, and the other one hit me in the nuts. <laughs> Was like literally his exact words, like just trying to tell me like not to do that anymore because I kicked the shit out of him. And you know it was funny, and I think we ended up actually working him maybe one more time after that, and it was like very light, which. It's kind of the way it works, man. It's the same thing as when you're in high school and uh, there's a bully. And you fight back for the first time, and uh, it—that's the way it goes, man. And I know, I know, Mike has a few stories like that where he was getting taken advantage of for a minute, and uh, he ended up throwing a very nice kick uh, and kicking kicking someone in their head and leaving a nice little knot on the top of their head. And after that, man, we were all just such good friends. And it's just funny how that works out. So I felt like that story was really probably a great first one to talk about because that's that's really how things started off for me. It was very bizarre, you know, not living with my parents for the first time, putting on tights every weekend and just rolling around with these weird southern dudes who I'd never met before, who half the time were either on drugs or drunk while we're in the ring. And uh, yeah, I felt like that was a really good one. Um and so I, I think I'll, I'll try to keep it in chronological order, uh, 
but it might be fun to bounce around a little bit because I've had so many unique experiences. So I think that's kind of kind of what we'll do. And in a sec here, I'm gonna actually get into a recap of the current product. WrestleMania 35 weekend kick things off Friday night with NXT Takeover New York. What a show it was. NXT always performs, always almost over exceeds my expectations in, in a lot of ways. And the show was no different, as is to be expected on WrestleMania weekend. I think what we'll do is we'll kind of go match by match, and then I'll give an overall recap and, and my overall thoughts. So we started things off with the NXT Tag Team Championship match, and that's kind of what NXT has been known for on its takeovers. The death taxes and NXT tag matches being being what's up. Um, I, I, I dig that. These matches are always insane and really set the pace for the rest of the show. So this was Ricochet and Aleister Black in their final NXT appearance for now. Uh, their their big send-off versus Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders. It's hard for me to say for some reason. This, again, I already prefaced it. It was insane. Um, really, really quickly paced. I think Rowe and Aleister Black, their fighting dynamic was fantastic. All the strikes and the counters and... You know, Ricochet, as always, is just phenomenal. Um, and, you know, I think that the War Raiders showed up. I love the the Hanson being a great high flyer kind of bit that they got in there. Kind of matching a lot of Ricochet's movements. I think Ricochet may have gotten injured. That's kind of the, the word on Reddit. Uh, maybe on that 630 uh, miss. And maybe they went home early, but to me it felt paced fine, and I felt like that's where it was supposed to go. Um, so War Raiders retain. They hit the fallout on Ricochet, fold him up like an envelope, and that was that. Really, really crazy match. Good, good way to start the show. Next, we had Matt Riddle versus the Velveteen Dream for the NXT North American Championship. I love both of these guys. Uh, obviously, Matt Riddle kind of combining best of both worlds for me. I I am certainly on that MMA hybrid pro wrestler train. I always think that's a fantastic style, and it's a, it's fun to watch. So Matt Riddle used to bug the, sh- the shit out of me, honestly, because he, not wearing boots always drives me crazy, and he's just so like untraditional. And normally I'm okay with that, but there was something about him but now it just I get it. Like I'm I'm super into it. I think I'm just a fanboy and, and WWE tends to just get me on board with things that maybe at one time I wasn't on board with. It's just packaged nicely and it's you know, I it's aesthetically pleasing and it, it's good. And obviously Velveteen Dream is just that dude's fantastic. I'm I'm happy that he's so over with the crowd. They just love everything that he does. This is another great match. Um as one would expect, I'm probably going to say that about every single match on this card. <laughs> it was just a great match. And uh, saw Velveteen Dream retain with a crafty little roll-up out of the bro mission. I, I definitely suggest you give this one a watch and really watch it. Um, Matt Riddle's really kind of coming into his own. And uh, Velveteen Dream's a great opponent for him. So a lot of fun on this one. Next, we had the... NXT UK Championship on the line uh, with the bruiserweight Pete Dune, Pete Dunn, whatever. Um, I when I first saw um, Pete Dunn, it was in maybe Rev Pro or 
progress and with the accent it's pete dune and i just always call him that and i can't help it so get over it uh and he took on walter the ring general and i i guess a lot of folks specifically on reddit i spend a lot of time on there definitely talk about how this was probably they I saw more than one person say this is one of the best best matches they'd ever seen. I don't know if I would go that far, but it was certainly pretty awesome. Uh, and speaking of awesome, we saw Walter actually um, grab the championship from from Pete Dunne after 685-day reign with a Mike Awesome combination. He did the top rope awesome bomb with the big diving splash, very ECW-esque. Um, and so I was really into that. And uh, yeah, great match, you know, kept me entertained as as it was as as you would expect then we had that uh fatal four-way uh women's tag team tag team definitely not a tag team match at all i'm not even gonna edit that out because it's whatever bro like we we know what it is uh it was a fatal four-way match so we had io shirai um uh shayna baszler bianca belair and Kyrie sane in a in a four-way match for the nxt women's championship this was a Really, really great match. Um, I can always gauge things by how my girlfriend's reacting. Um, and she was super into this match. She really liked it. Bianca Belair was very impressive. Io Shirai. I mean, they were all really impressive. I mean, except for Baszler, man. Like, she just didn't do it for me in this match. And I think it's okay that she won. But I just, like, I don't know. It was fine. It was good. Um, but she just personally didn't impress me all that much. Then... You know, big signing. We got Kushida and coming to NXT, time splitter. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Um, it will probably go very well in NXT, and once he goes to the main roster, he will. It will probably not go that well, and that's pretty much how how it goes for these Japanese folks, unfortunately. Uh, so main event time. We had a two out of three falls match: Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling versus Adam Cole, baby. And uh, it was awesome. It was crazy because the crowd, I just think, was so exhausted uh, from from the previous matches of the night that things started off kind of slow, man. The crowd wasn't really into it. And, you know, I thought Gargano looked awesome, not only in his Iron Man gear, but just in general. He just has crazy cardio and he sets a good pace. I thought Adam Cole looked a little tired, um, slowed down pretty quickly. We gassed out fast, but... The more it picked up, especially after the first fall, the crowd really got into it. And this match was fantastic. This was honestly, looking back, not just because of how fresh it was. This is like probably honestly up there as one of my favorite matches I've ever seen. I was so into this match and it was so well done. Um, And just, even though I think that some of the kickouts from Gargano were excessive, it was still, it was fantastic. You know, we saw... Um, Adam Cole get the first fall, and I think traditionally a two out of three falls match. Whoever gets the first fall ends up getting the last fall, but um, this was really more of a, you know, Cole got the first fall, and then Gargano got the last two, and Gargano got the last fall and won the belt um, after interference from Undisputed Era. He's taken 575 super kicks. He took the high-low from uh, Cole or from uh, O'Reilly and Fish, and the last shot from Cole a couple times, then, you know, caught him in the Gargano escape. And, and that was that. And it was just a great match. Got to see Tommaso Ciampa come out afterwards and they do the hug and, you know, Ciampa true heel on Twitter afterwards after the hug and really, uh, 
talked about someone in this picture is the the true NXT champion, so I can appreciate that. But super happy that Gargano's finally at the top of the mountain, so to speak, and great show, man. It really just I was exhausted afterwards. There was just so much going on. It was really, really cool though. Great show. Highly recommend we go watch it. Probably give that show out of five stars, give it a four point seven five stars. I think that's a good rating scale for my rating scale that means absolutely nothing not a lot to i mean hall of fame was hall of fame um i kind of more so catch clips than actually watch it live but there was a ton of drama uh at the hall of fame some fucking moron rushes bret hart like bro okay like i get being drunk or being on drugs or whatever man but like you gotta know that there's not only 700 gigantic dudes that will kill you sitting around there's also like travis brown who's a professional mma fighter who is ronda rousey's husband and uh it did not turn out well for him so he basically runs up tackles bret hart um not super hard but bret hart i mean brothers had a stroke he's had cancer i mean come on man and uh he goes down natty kind of stands there and i feel like natty could have kicked this guy's ass i was kind of she was just seemed shocked and then big old Travis Brown, Hoppa, from UFC, comes in and just smashes this dude. And I was so excited. I mean, he got on top of him and we were just throwing, it looked like elbows even, but he was smashing this dude. And then David Hart Smith, son of the British Bulldog and his gold pants, comes running in and gets some shots in. He's a big boy also. So this dude's just getting absolutely annihilated. Um, and... Uh, it was really good to see. And then, you know, there's like Bobby Lashley. He's Slater, former Golden Gloves champion, man. I mean, he was ready to go. He looked like he was going to kill someone. We even saw Edge make an appearance out of retirement. Um, kind of run up to the ring there. And uh, it was bad for that guy. So he gets dragged out of the ring by like Bobby Lashley and, and a few other dudes. And then um, we see uh, uh, Dash Wilder. Grab him and looks like some you know some kind of a headlock potentially and uh, it gets a gets a final blow in nice little shot drops the guy guy collapses and then you in the video footage you see Braun Strowman marching up to you which is probably the last thing this guy wanted to see and um, yeah that's how he died he's dead now um, but no I mean he got he got smashed as he should have he's an idiot and I hope that he's in a lot of pain still because that was a very stupid thing to do. Um, really put a damper on the night, but also added some excitement to things. So that was that was always good. That was a good way to, to lead into uh, the biggest show of the year, WrestleMania 35. And that's what we're leading into right now. So I, I think, you know, the, the biggest criticism of WrestleMania is the runtime. And I've got to say the runtime, it was long. Uh, for some reason, though, I think it didn't feel as long as maybe even last year or the year before. I feel like, to me, WrestleMania maybe like 32 was probably had the longest feel. I think that the way that they layered in some of the really short matches probably made it feel a little shorter. Um, overall, though, cool looking feel. A lot of parallels to WrestleMania 31, and as I talked about earlier, that was... That was kind of my jam, so it was cool to see that. Um, So, kick things off with the Cruiserweight title. Uh, Saw Tony Nese uh, defeat Buddy Murphy with his 
cool Joker getup. I was a fan of that. Um, you know, it was fine. Typical match you'd see on 205 Live. Hopefully this means, you know, we'll see Buddy Murphy on the main roster. Uh, that would be pretty cool. I feel like he should be there already. Um, maybe just with a different haircut. I don't know. Um, next we had the uh, Women's Battle Royal. Uh, it was what it was. Uh, Carmella picked up the win there. Just kind of... <laughs> there for what battle royals are there for just just some filler um to get everyone on the show and it was it was there that's for sure next uh they they packed they jam-packed this uh, pre-show and we got uh kurt hawkins and zach Ryder, the major wrestling figure podcast versus the revival um for the tag team championships the raw tag team championships and uh i've always been a huge zach Ryder and kurt hawkins fan even more so now that their podcast is out and so it was cool to see them pick up the the victory. And like we know, this match was booked just to have a moment for them. It's weird. I mean, I guess it makes sense it was on the pre-show. But um, cool win for them. Match was nothing spectacular. It was fine. Um, and yeah, I enjoyed seeing that. It was cool. Except Kurt Hawkins looked like uh, a member of the Spirit Squad, 100%. Um, so there's that. Uh, hopefully he doesn't uh, <laughs> come out with pom-poms or something. Um Next, we had the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, which ended with Braun Strowman throwing Colin Jost of SNL over the top, as as we imagined. It was cool to see Harper in there. Um, he looked good. Um, that was, you know, that's that's that. So then we kick off the show, um, and a legitimate swerve having Heyman come down, and I'm like, man, they, you know, they must be planning something. Uh, unique if they're going to kick things off with Lesnar and Rollins and uh it was unique uh Rollins uh maybe a throwback to his WrestleMania 31 gear with his black uh leather with the the gold stripe um cool attire uh but he comes down and Lesnar just absolutely obliterates him for probably I don't know a minute like a solid minute on the outside sets back looks super beat up and then um, low blow, and I think I think three curb stomps later, and Rollins uh, picks it up. Uh, kind of weird. I mean, it was cool, I guess. Like it was surprising and unique, and it's a good way to you know send Brock Lesnar away to the UFC to fight Daniel Cormier. But um, I guess I don't know. Like Brock's last few, like against Daniel Bryan at Survivor Series and against Finn Balor at the Rumble, were you know, actually pretty entertaining matches. So I was hoping for a little something, but to kick off the show, you know, had a feeling they were going to gonna go quick. And I mean, two minutes and 30 seconds for the universal title match. It's WWE for you. Uh, then we had AJ and Orton, you know, solid match, like nothing special to me. I felt like they ran a little long, um, but I felt like that's was probably the plan. Um, it was fine. So AJ um, hit the phenomenal forearm and that was that. Then we had that uh, fatal four-way match for the tag team championship. Uh, we had the Usos versus Alistair Black and Ricochet versus Rusev and Shinsuke Nakamura versus The Bar. Uh, pretty cool match, man. Very. It was 10 minutes of just uh, pretty much madness. Um, very fun match. Um, saw Usos pick up the win uh, with a double splash. And I feel like, you know, that's kind of what the show was missing. I just really wanted like a some kind of like money in the bank ladder match or something in there, I felt, but... 
is what it is. Uh, then we had Shane McMahon and the All Black heel Shane versus the Miz. Um, saw Miz's dad get involved. That was a sight to see. Not an attractive man. Uh, False count anywhere match. So they did Shane McMahon things and ended with a Miz suplex off the top of a scaffolding camera rig and. Shane lands on top of him and gets the win. Kind of whatever, man. Um, that was fine, I guess. Then we saw the Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Tag Team Championship. We had the Iconics versus uh, the Boss and Hug Connection, Bailey and Sasha, uh, versus Nia Jackson Tamina versus the Divas of Doom, uh, Beth and Natalia. Um, always cool to see Beth Phoenix in there. She looked great. Um, pretty solid match, honestly. I enjoyed it the whole way through, and surprising uh, had the Iconics kind of pick up the win there with their Maleficent-inspired uh, attire. So that was cool. I was actually surprised with um, that match. I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Next, we had the uh, WWE Championship match, and my pick for match of the night, absolutely. Um Daniel Bryan, solid as always. Um, great heel work in there with Kofi. And, you know, you had to know Kofi was going to pick up the win. Super, super cool. Crowd loved it. If nothing else, that really sent everybody home happy. And uh, it was cool. It was a great match. I love it. I watched it back, and it was it's a solid match. Definitely best match on the card. Cool to see Kofi with the belt. Um, I think that, you know, there will be some unification going on, I'm sure. Uh, it seems kind of like the way... That we're going here, and that's fine. I am going to be sad to lose the hemp belt. Not going to lie. Love that. But uh, overall, super big fan of that match, and it was cool for the feel-good. Next, we had uh, the U.S. Championship. Damn, there's a lot of matches on this card. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio looked awesome, dressed as Mysterio from Spider-Man. This match was literally one minute long, just kind of there. Um... At first, I was kind of upset, and I thought this match was random in the first place, but it was cool just to have something short in there to kind of break up the action, and uh, looking back, I think I appreciate it. Uh, Then we had Roman versus Drew. Fine, basic kind of match. Saw Roman win with the spear. Then we had the No Holds Barred, Triple H and Batista. My God, just painful to watch that, honestly. I'm I'm a fan of both guys, but it's just, ugh, just overseeing it. Um, It was... Highlight for me was Bautista tripping, coming into the ring, and continuing to trip. Uh, that is some unique stuff. Uh, H has been watching some deathmatch. Did a nose ring rip out with the pliers or whatever, and it was fine, I guess. And Triple H picked up the win, as you would have guessed. So, you know, last time we'll see Bautista in a ring, which, again, I thought that a few years ago, so no big deal. Uh, then here's another big surprise of the night. Uh, Kurt Angle and Baron Corbin, that was, uh, the literal match. Uh, you know, it ended, Angle tried to moonsault, looked okay, and then Corbin hits the end of days, and that was that, and I was kind of surprised. So, you know, a a segment I was going to say for the end before that was, we did an, uh, an Elias moment, and then, surprise, we get John Cena, but Doctor of Thugonomics John Cena, which was super cool, comes out with the old... Uh, theme and all that. That was a lot of fun. Um, so I had a feeling right after that was the Angle Corbin match that maybe he would come back out or I, I don't know, but it just didn't happen. And straight up Kurt went out on his back. I feel like there's got to be more to it than that, but was what it was. Uh, then we moved on to the Intercontinental title. Surprising placement on the card. Uh, less than five minutes had Demon Finn Balor come out and just smash Bobby Lashley. 
Uh, pretty much what you would have expected, except Bobby Lashley, for some reason, was wearing contacts. I don't know. That made his eyes, like, demony. also. I don't know why he did that. didn't really make sense, but hey, man. Whatever. Uh, and then we had our main event. Uh, Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair. Winner takes all for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. You know, I... It just, it wasn't great. I don't know. That's my opinion. I'm sure others feel differently. But for the, the first women's um, main event, I just expected more out of them, I guess. And maybe I was just gassed out by this point. But it just, to me, was just not great. Um, it was fine, I guess. I I don't know what I like to have seen. Um, but, you know, it was what it was. We saw Becky pick up the win, as we would have assumed. The man does a crucifix pin. Looked botched at first, but I think word is that's you know sort of on purpose to set up uh, next year when Rousey comes back and does the Brock Lesnar part timer thing to work uh, Becky in that main event. Um, and and that was really the card. I think overall a little bit of fatigue towards the end as it tends to be. Super hyped. Um, at the time, I wasn't happy with the show, but I feel like as a wrestling fan, that's just kind of how it goes. When a show ends, you just always. You have these crazy, unrealistic expectations, and they're never met. Uh, but, you know, looking back, I think it wasn't too bad, man. There was some solid stuff in there. Um, Kofi and Dana was certainly the highlight of the night. Um, weird having a WrestleMania without The Undertaker. Um, was kind of surprised with that. Uh, cool seeing John Cena return. People are saying he's a heel just because he said, you know, I'm a heel and part of his rap. I don't know if that's the case. But Elias is a heel, so I don't know how that makes him a heel. Um, but it, regardless, cool to see him back in that gimmick, even if it was just for one night. Um, other than that, to be honest, nothing else really sticks out. And I think it's kind of a bummer that the first time the the, the women's division gets the spotlight, it just, to me, didn't deliver. Um, but it is what it is, man. Uh, one thing that I thought was hilarious was Charlotte uh, walking out or the helicopter landing and her walking from the landing spot way outside the arena and walking in. Uh, I just laughed the whole time until her music hit that she walked that entire distance. Um, and Triple H's entrance for on that note was just ridiculous. It was so bad. It drives me crazy, but that's kind of what you come to expect. I guess it could have been worse. Did a Mad Max thing. Um, so overall, I mean, you know, it was a solid weekend. I know there was some Ring of Honor shows that were that performed well. Um, they did like a ROH G1 thing, and I haven't watched that yet, so I don't want to make a comment on it, but I, I've read that it went very well. Um, and overall, I think, you know, I'm excited for the Raw after Mania and uh, to kind of see what they do. And man, par for the course, I, you know, I guess out of five, I would probably give this like a three. Um that that tends to be how I feel about a lot of these shows because it's just it is what it is, man. They they book everyone on the show. It's twenty five hours long. Most of the matches are pointless, and then there's a few big ones, and that's but that's what you come to expect. Um, I just think there's always an unrealistic expectation for surprises. Um, you know, I, I guess Hulk Hogan was a surprise. He came out, didn't say the n word, and that was the surprising part for me. I guess. Um, yeah, man, so that's WrestleMania weekend, um, you know, I, that kind of, that's that's that, I guess, uh, thanks for listening, I think next week we'll, we'll get into some more story time and maybe talk about some current product stuff, and uh, yeah, I appreciate it if you're listening at this point, and uh, you know, 
eventually I'll, I'll have a Twitter or a Facebook or something up so we can do some questions or something to that effect. And other than that, uh, thanks, guys. Have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next one.